Blog Talk Radio. Behind everything that is great, there is a great mind, a mastermind. Get ready for the Fantasy Football Mastermind Ed. The definitive fantasy football information show. Your host, fantasy football mastermind, Michael Mazurak, has more than two decades of fantasy football experience, comprehensive fantasy football information, strategy, and trading advice. Fantasy picks to click and flick, the latest NFL news, and much, much more. Each week during the fantasy football season on Blog Talk Radio. Remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second. Here's your host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge, Michael Nazarak. Welcome to the show, everybody. It is November 19th. This is week 12 of the 2019 NFL Fantasy Football season. My name is Michael Nazarek, and I'm host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge podcast. Fantasy Football Mastermind can be found on the web at ffmastermind.com. And with me once again, my very good friend and very excellent co-host, Chris Rito. How are you doing tonight, Chris? I, I am doing well, sir. I am doing well. And uh, as we talked about earlier, I'm hoping all of our listeners are doing well also. I know most fantasy football players tend to be guys. And uh, as being Men's Health Month, we want to remind all of our listeners and all of our guys and all the people who know guys, Remind them to go get themselves checked, do all the normal checks, get your prostate checked, get your colonoscopy. Take care of yourself and don't be a typical guy. Make sure you go and go to the doctor, get everything checked out. We want you guys to all be not only good fantasy football players, we want you to be happy and healthy and come back year after year. That's right. Yeah, we don't want to lose anybody here. It's also Movember, isn't it? <laughs> it's mustache month. But uh, anyway, uh, I, in fact, I'm, I'm taking my wife to the eye doctor tomorrow for a, a checkup, and uh, she had a cataract about a year, and a, a year and a half ago, and she had a replacement lens, and she's having a little bit of issues. So you can't uh, ignore the stuff like this, people. You know, whether you're feeling good or not, uh, you know, when you get to a certain age as a man, you need to get everything checked out. And also, if you're, uh, you know, if you're having some kind of vision problems or whatever. Don't ignore it, uh, you know, because uh, you you got to see when you're driving. So that's important there. But anyway, uh, there's still lots to talk about here. It's week 12 of the NFL season. Uh, you know, we're, we're, we're marching towards the fantasy playoffs. Uh, most people already, if you're listening right now, you probably have a, a team that's either fighting for a playoff spot or you've already clinched up and you're, or you, you're listening to try and get some kind of, you know, edge as you enter the fantasy playoffs, and that's what we're here for. But, uh, you know, regardless of that, uh, it's still NFL season, and, uh, you know, uh, holidays are coming up. Uh, Thanksgiving is a, is a week away. I can't believe how quick it, it's coming, but it's coming here real quick. And let's get to the news and notes of the day. Uh, first of all, this is the final bye week, people. That's right. Uh, that means it's going to be the last week where you might have to sit some players, and the list is as follows. Kansas City, the Los Angeles Chargers, you know, they played down there in Mexico, so I guess they counted that as, a, as an out-of-country experience, so they have to get the bye. And, of course, uh, Minnesota and Arizona. So if you've got any Vikings, any Cardinals, Kyler Murray, uh, Kenyon Drake, uh, Adam Thielen, of course, he's not been playing for a while, Kirk Cousins, Dalvin Cook, of course. Uh, it's a big week because Patrick Mahomes is going to be sitting and all the Chiefs receivers uh, as well as uh, Shady McCoy. And, of course, uh, Philip Rivers, uh, uh, seven picks in two weeks. Wow. Uh, and Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler and all those and, and uh, 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 Keenan Allen. So sit all those guys. Make sure you don't play them this week because you won't get anything but a zero. So, anyway, uh, we're, we're trying to grasp for some really meaningful news, uh, you know, and it's kind of light on the news 
So let's just talk about something that happened in Denver. Uh, actually, it happened in Minnesota, but it was for the Denver Broncos. And they said they're going to ride the hot hand with, uh, with uh, Phil Lindsay uh, coming out of their, their bye week. And he certainly did get more, uh, than, uh, more than double the touches and snaps of Royce Freeman. So, Chris, in your opinion, we all know that if you've got Phil Lindsay, yay, you know, you start him and whatever, he's a solid number two. But what happens if you've got Royce Freeman? Uh, you know, he's still got some goal line love there, but he didn't get the score. Heck, they, they gave the ball to Phil Lindsay at the six. He runs to the one. Talk about frustrating as a Lindsay owner. He comes off the field. Uh, Freeman comes in, gets the ball. He gets stopped. And his third and goal at the one, they put uh, Lindsay back in. And then they give it to the fullback, and he gets a score. So, you know, it's a little bit frustrating here. But if you if you got Royce Freeman on your team, are, are you, what are you trying to – what do you do? You just bench him, or what, what what's going on? Well, I think you got to be – you got to question starting him right now just because of the way he's being used. And Philip Lindsay is, is clearly the more explosive back. You look at Denver's schedule through the rest of the year, and they have a very run-friendly schedule. So um, there's obviously going to be some potential there, even in a split situation. But I think Freeman's just kind of a sit-and-hold on your bench in case there's an injury to Lindsey, because I think Lindsey's the only guy I feel comfortable starting right now with the way his usage has been kind of getting just a hit a little bit more and a little bit more in the shift in that RBBC towards Lindsey as the year has gone on. Yeah. I've got I've got him on two FFPC teams. One of them made the playoffs, and uh, very happy about that. But you know, uh, it's, uh, it's still not the most comfortable thing because, like I said, uh, he he saw every carry, every he was on the snaps for the first two series, and then they started that frustrating rotation thing again. And I don't understand why they keep doing this almost every single play. But you know, it, overall, he did see most of the most of the touches and, and most of the gameplay. So I can't really complain about that. But still, frustrating because you think one player should be able to carry the load there and uh you know but we'll, we'll see what happens there anyway uh the other big news of today that happened uh is well it happens to the miami dolphins i don't know how big it is but uh mark walton was arrested for a battery uh, uh hit his pregnant girlfriend apparently and that's like the death sentence in the nfl so immediately the dolphins released him that means kalen ballard is probably going to be starting and, and carrying the load for whatever load there is there uh for for the rest of the season so uh uh chris i guess if you got uh mark walton even if it's at a dynasty league, it's not worth holding on uh, to him, is it? Is it right now? No, I don't think it's worth holding on to him, even in a dynasty league. He's had a couple of strikes against him already uh, with off-the-field stuff, so I, I'd, be, I'd be surprised if he's going to do anything in the foreseeable future uh, in the NFL, which is, which is a shame, um, at least, granted, it's a low bar, but I, don't, I think he's the best running back they had on the Dolphins right now, and he could have been useful, especially down the stretch. Weeks 15 and 16, they had some very very uh, run-friendly opponents, the Giants and the Bengals, and he could have done some damage coming back from that suspension. But Kalen Balaj or Balaj, however you pronounce his name, it's, I, I have some real doubts about him. So I don't, I don't think there's a, a good fantasy opportunity here unless they get someone off the waiver wire they can plug in because Balaj has just been terrible, averaging about two yards a carry. Yeah, he's been terrible, but he did score last week. Uh and that being said, uh, you, you some of you people out there that played in these uh, best ball formats like I did, uh, FFPC had a pros versus Joes, and I was one of the pros and, and drafted way back in uh, late July. This was even before Andrew Luck retired because I got Luck on my team. Fortunately, I have Drew Brees and Fitzpatrick on the team. So I went like three or four weeks out of the quarterback. But my number three or number four running back in that situation was uh, Kalen Balash. So he's been up and down, but he has produced a little bit for me, you know, here and there. So, you know, obviously if you've got him on your team and you're not making any moves because it's the best ball, then you just got to hope and pray and see what happens. 
chances there. Anyway, uh, another thing is for that, 17 yards this week. I'm 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 skeptical. I don't think that touchdown's really yeah. going to save him. <laughs> yeah, it's not going to save him. But you know, eight, eight nine points is better than no points at all. But anyway, uh, Antonio Brown uh, he apologized uh, publicly on Twitter for uh, you know to to New England Patriots owner Robert Kraft, and uh, Tom Brady liked. The apology. <laughs> so uh, AB's uh, had his meeting uh, yesterday. It's kind of overshadowed by uh, all these other things going on. Uh, and uh, he had his meeting with the NFL. He said it went great and all, but you know we're still kind of in this holding pattern because uh, you know nobody's uh, uh, they're all afraid of signing him because he might put on the commissioner's exemplus with all these pending charges, civil charges, sexual you know uh, harassment or whatever. Um, so the question here, Chris, is do you, do you think that there's any chance that A.B. plays in, in the rest of uh, 2019? That's what he hopes. I don't see it happening, but what do you think? I'd be surprised. I mean, I, I wouldn't say the chance is zero because I think somebody could sign him, not even necessarily the Patriots, but maybe another receiver desperate team like, you know, the Eagles or something like that. But, geez, I can't, I can't see it. I mean, if he comes back, he could get on that commissioner exempt list as soon as he signs with somebody. I, I just don't see it. I mean, honestly, the problem with New England's offense is not the receiving crew, because even without A.B. and the loss of Gordon, they still got Julian Edelman and Mohamed Sanu, very competent couple, and a first-round draft pick in Nikhil Harry, and the best receiving back in the league so far in James White. That's not the issue. Adequate targets is not the issue. It's the offensive line, and Tom Brady's showing a little bit of age, unfortunately, for them. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. I've got Brady on – on a couple of teams, and uh, yeah, he, he's <laughs> he's almost been dog do the last four or five weeks. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm looking at possibly starting Jeff Driscoll of Detroit this week over Tom Brady. I would have never thought about that like Ow. three weeks ago, but I know it's it's getting that bad. But anyway, uh, speaking of the Patriots and all, uh, Gronkowski, uh, Rob Gronkowski retired. He had a big announcement to make, and everyone was telling me, oh, he's going to come back and play. And I'm like, no, 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 he's going to do something with CBD or whatever. And the big announcement was a big Super Bowl party. He's hosting a Super Bowl party down in Miami the night before the Super Bowl. woo So uh, I got a kick out of this because they asked Bill Belichick. He goes, oh, yeah, I got my Twitter feed. I got everything. I'm, I'm waiting for the announcement. Uh, yeah, we're just going on to moving on to Dallas. <laughs> this that's Bill Belichick for you. So uh, all these people out here grabbing Gronkowski, you put him on your roster. I, he's got until the end of the month, you know, which is coming up real quick uh, to make a decision whether he's going to play this year or not. But uh, I don't think he is. Uh, you, know, he, you know, he said that I'm, I'm not ruling anything out for the future. Uh, you know, he's only 30 years old. He might get tired or bored in his retirement in the next year or two. And I could think that maybe he might seriously come back. But I think right now he's having too much fun. He's lost a lot of weight. He's still a big guy, but you know, I don't think he's uh, he's clamoring for this because he, he just experienced it last year, and uh, you know, he doesn't want to get his uh, a knee and a back hurt and all this stuff. And you know, so I'm I'm not picking him up. I'm not running out to pick him up. I don't think he's going to play this year. And you know, we'll move on from there. Anyway, let's move to the quick list of major injury updates. If you want all the entire list. Uh, you can go to FF Mastermind uh, for that information. Uh, real quick, uh, Matthew Stafford, I already mentioned Mr. Driscoll. Looks like uh, he's still week-to-week with that back, uh, a little of fractures in his back there. So it doesn't look like he's going to play this week, so Driscoll's going to get another start. Driscoll's produced 21 and 29 fantasy points the last two weeks, uh, a, lot Brady, a lot more than Tom Brady has. So, uh, you know, that's an option for people to consider uh, as we get to the fantasy playoffs here. And running back Marlon Mack, uh, over there in uh, your part of the country, Indianapolis uh, fractured his hand, had surgery, right? He's uh, out indefinitely. Is there anything else to add to that, Chris, in terms of Marlon Mack's recovery? 
Uh, as far as Marlon Mack goes, no. I will say that there's been a lot of talk about uh, whether uh, Jordan Wilkins or Jonathan Williams will be the step-in guy to pick up off the waiver wire. Do not overlook mm-hmm. Naheem Hines, especially this week. The, the, the Texans give up the most running back receptions in the entire NFL. So don't, don't overlook Naheem Hines, the obvious guy, to be the fantasy producer this week. Yeah, I I, uh, I I saw that because I, I had my mastermind moments to our game matchup analysis, and John Cooney pointed that out that they gave out the most. In fact, I think what they've only given up what one rushing touchdown to a running back either this year or in, a, a long, in, in quite a while. So they're giving up a lot of passing, uh, a lot of catches, and, and, and so that seems how they're how the opponent, opposing running backs are scoring. And also, uh, I agree with you there. Um, it, it's funny in one league, uh, Marlon Mack is my number two, and I had Naeem Hines as my backup. And I had no quarterback last week, and I picked up Jeff Driscoll. And because I had Daniel Jones and Tannehill, it's been a long year because I've gone through injuries with Big Ben and all. Anyway, uh, I picked up Driscoll. I played him, you know, and, uh, you know, got the win. But now, uh, you know, unfortunately I'm, I'm leading the league, so I'm last in a waiver wire. Both Jonathan Williams and uh, Naeem Hines were picked up before I had a chance to pick them up. And, uh, John, and Jordan Wilkins is already on somebody else's roster. So uh, you know I'm I'm kind of SOL there, but that's how it goes uh, when you're when you're doing well, and it is what it is. But uh, but it's going to be interesting to see if Wilkins is going to play in this game at all. Do you think uh, he was limited in practice today? Do you think he's got a shot to actually play? I think he's got a shot to play. He's actually said he was doing pretty well, uh, according to one of the local media uh, today, uh, moving on that ankle. So there's a good chance he'll play. I just think it'll end up being something that takes away from Wilkins and Williams splitting time uh, on as, as the interior runners. Yeah, especially if you're in a PPR league, that's the, the guy you want to pick up is Naheem Hines now. Uh, where I have uh, Marlon Mack, it's a non-PPR, so you know, that's one of the reasons why I kind of cut him. I said, well, what's the chances that Marlon Mack's going to get hurt and be out for a while? Yeah, right, of course that always happens when you do that, when you drop it. I didn't want to drop Reggie Bonifant, okay, because I've got McCaffrey on that team, so <laughs> that's, that's the reason. Anyway, uh, moving to the rest of the list here. Uh, Devonta Freeman with a foot, not expected to play this week. Uh, they're going to reevaluate him and see if he can come back next week, so it's going to be Brian Hill. And Kadri Olison, uh, who got the score and vultured one from Brian Hill last week, where he ran out and got Brian Hill, and that's what happens, people. You know, uh, it's so unpredictable. Uh, come a list of, of guys here that the status is uncertain. We're going to check later in the week. You got James Conner with the shoulder in Pittsburgh, Jordan Howard with the stinger in Philadelphia. Uh, you got AJ Green, of course, with the ankle. Uh, you got Emmanuel Sanders with the ribs. He re aggravated them uh, later this uh, later in the game last Sunday uh, for the 49ers. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster has not only a concussion but a knee injury. Deontay Johnson, his teammate, also has a concussion there. Looks like James Washington is the number one there for now. Uh, and then you got Alshon Jeffrey with the ankle in Philadelphia. And George Kittle, we're waiting in the 49ers to see if he's going to be able to come back and play this week with that knee and ankle. Other players here, uh, wide receiver Tyler Lockett, because they're optimistic that he's going to play coming off that leg contusion. Uh, talk about a good time for a bye. He had that, and you know they were worried about compartmental syndrome and all bleeding internal, and they got him into the hospital enough and then released that pressure. And uh, you know, he sat out the whole week, and then we'll see if he practices later this week, but they're optimistic he can play. And like you said, T.Y. Hilton, what's the, what's the deal there? He said if they check out the two boxes, he'll play, and one of the boxes was the doctors, and the other one was the GM and the, and the, and the head coach. So is there any kind of indication whether Hilton's going to play or not? i got a sneaking suspicion he's going to, but it's more of a hunch than anything else, just with kind of a, the body language and such, and the fact that he, they're making a big deal about the fact that he can play without practicing – 
Uh, it may be a little bit preventative maintenance just to make sure he's okay for this big game because, as, as you know, you know, he crushes Houston in Houston historically. Mm-hmm. So I think he'll play. I don't think he'll be up to snuff, but my gut feeling is that he's going to play. Okay, so if he starts and you own him, you start him, right? <sighs> It'd be hard to sit him, especially <laughs> with his history there. But the one, I look back at that game he played right before the bye week when he was hurt, when he went in injured because they needed him against Kansas City, and he was almost more of a decoy, just someone they had to cover on the field because he was out there. I'd have a concern it might be that, but I don't think he'll be out there if he can't move. Okay. So uh, I, I tell you, I, if he's my number one receiver, uh, I'm, I'm probably starting him unless I have, you know, really hit the jackpot on the later, later receivers like maybe Tyrell Williams or something like that that you could get in late in your draft back in August. Uh, anyway, moving on over to other injuries, Brandon Cooks with a concussion in L.A. expected to play. Uh, people are asking me about Robert Woods, uh, late uh, inactive, uh, no reason given, a personal personal uh, issue, uh, and they talked to Sean McVeigh, the, uh, the uh, head coach, and he said, hey, uh, we love Robert. Uh, he's doing fine. Uh, you know, we support him, and we, you know, uh, we love his family and everything, uh, but he wouldn't commit to when he was going to return to the team. He didn't know when he was going to practice with the team. Uh, you know, the supporting him, it's, it's almost like, a, like I remember Marquise Goodwin, this happened was a 49er uh, a time or two recently in the last year or two. Uh, I don't know what's going on, but uh, unfortunately the Rams play on Monday night against Baltimore, and Baltimore shut down the Texans offense, and uh, uh, Jared Goff is really struggling right now. So I own uh, Robert Woods in two uh, FFPC uh, teams that are playing in the playoffs, and, uh, you know, unless things change and he shows up and practices fully and the coach gets in front of the media and says, oh, he's okay, he's going to play this week, I'm not touching that guy on my starting lineup because I already got burned twice, uh, you know, this past Sunday and fortunately didn't cost me anything. But uh, I'm, you fool me once, shame on me. Fool you, uh, I mean, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. And, uh, you know, so that's what we know on Robert Woods. Hopefully by the time you're listening to this, maybe on Thursday or Friday, you, we'll have more information about that, and you'll know what happened there. But that's where that stands there. Uh, let's see. Will Fuller was limited into practice on Tuesday. He's a game-time decision on Thursday uh, for the Texans. Um, Sterling Shepard fully practiced with it coming off that concussion on Monday. We'll see if he practices later this week. That's important for him to get back on the field. Austin Hooper with the sprained MCL still expected to miss three more weeks there. And that's it. Uh, So we'll be right back after these important messages. You know you want to dominate your fantasy football league. Manage your teams with the assistance of the premier fantasy football information source, Fantasy Football Mastermind. Found on the web at ffmastermind.com, there's plenty of good free stuff, and the premium content will consistently give your teams the best chance to go all the way. President and CEO Michael Nazarek has 20 years' experience and just completed his fourth consecutive year as SI's Expert League Super Bowl champ. Go to ffmastermind.com and check out their volumes of fantasy content, updated daily, which will give you the edge you need to legitimately claim redrafter, dynasty, keeper, auction, salary cap, IDP. They cover them all with the best content available anywhere. Go now to ffmastermind.com. The longer you wait, the more great information you'll be missing. 
Okay, please visit us at ffmastermind.com. Lots of free good stuff there. NFL uh, Quick Bits page updated on a daily basis. Free Eye in the Sky scanning reports, uh, including those uh, covering the Colts from uh, Chris Rito, uh, as well as, uh, you know, we're still pumping out the weekly and fantasy newsletters with daily releases, injury updates on a daily basis, uh, picks to click and flick that's expanded, the market feature, NFL game matchup analysis, the inside slant, a holla from the cheap seats, a lot of good stuff. Uh, right now, uh, twelve ninety-five on a site. I know here in the next day or two, we're going to be uh, going down to nine ninety-five for the rest of the season because there's only about what, six weeks left or five weeks left. Yeah, six weeks left until twelve through seventeen. So, anyway, please check me out at on Twitter at FF Mastermind and let's get right to the picks to click and flick for Week Twelve. Give me a couple of quarterbacks you like this week, Chris, and why. Well, I hope you remember you paid attention a couple weeks ago when we talked about our redrafter for the rest of the year. I said Sam Darnold's got a great run of opponents for the playoff drive. Sam Darnold, for the last month, has quietly put up quarterback number one numbers. I think he's been the seventh overall quarterback the last month, averaging 23 points per game. He's got another great matchup at home versus the Raiders this week. Oakland's allowed the third most touchdown passes and fourth most quarterback points per game, and has been even worse recently, allowing 30 points per game to quarterbacks the last four games. Multiple TDs in six straight, a real solid matchup for a hot player. And then I, I, another guy I want to mention is Nick Foles. Uh, Tennessee's been getting progressively worse against the pass and has stayed above average against the run, so I'm thinking the desperate Jag should air it out a, a little bit this week. Tennessee's allowed 300-plus yards in three of its last four games and multiple TDs nearly every week, and they've allowed a very high pass volume in their game coming out of their bye for two straight years. Kind of a weird thing that they've done. A lot of volume in passing, so... While there's other mid-range quarterbacks, and you're going to mention some here with good matchups, Foles is the most likely to be out there on the waiver wire for those with a need in Week 12. Okay. Uh, a couple of guys I like this week, uh, Matt Ryan. Uh, he hasn't, uh, they've been winning, but he hasn't been producing for fantasy. But I think that's going to change this week because they get the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and their sorry secondary at home uh, this week. Now, Matt Ryan has averaged more than 317 passing yards and has thrown for more than two two touchdowns or more in four of the last six games. This is good information because I've got Ryan on my team, and I was talking with John Cooney about this, and he was telling me about this. So, uh, you know, I already had planned to put him in my top five or six for this week, and he is there with a bullet right now. And uh, you're telling about talking about Sam Darnold, uh, the other guy on the other side of the field, Derek Carr. I think is going to have a big game. The Jets have a pretty stingy run defense, so Josh Jacobs is going to have a, a pretty fairly tough time. Uh, getting going there, but uh, Derek Carr is going to be able to throw the ball to Waller and uh, Tyrell Williams, and I think he's going to burn the Jets for multiple scores. Should be a fairly high-scoring game there, so if you need Derek Carr, start him. A couple of guys I'm really scared about, and uh, this goes back to my Matt Ryan. My other option in that league is Dak Prescott. Now, normally, uh, under any almost any circumstance, I'd start Dak, especially the way he's playing right now, uh, sight unseen. But there's really two teams he struggles against. One of them is the Saints, and the other one, the Patriots, in November on the road. I don't see Dak Prescott throwing more than one touchdown in this game. Amari Cooper is not 100% healthy. Uh, the, you know, the Patriots try to take away the, 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 the number one guy there. They're going to do the, their darndest to put to Stephen Gilmore all over Cooper. And, of course, they're going to you know, uh, try to limit uh, Zeke Elliott as much as they can, even though their, their run defense is not quite as good. So I just don't – I think that what, whatever Dallas is going to get, they're probably going to get on the ground there. Uh, you know, maybe Dak might run one in or 
whatever. But uh, when you compare it to somebody like Matt Ryan, I think uh, you know it's a no-brainer to sit Dak this week. Daniel Jones, uh, up and down, up and down, up and down. Well, you know he gets the Bears this week on the road, and uh, you know he's a turnover machine. He holding the ball too long. Now I love him long term. He makes some great plays, but their secondary is good. Uh, he's going to struggle, and he's going to hold on to that ball too long. He gets hit. He fumbles the ball. Uh, Chicago's going to have a, have a good game here, and I think uh, Daniel Jones is not going to have a good game, so be careful there. Uh, you know, sit him if you can. Um, how about a couple of quarterbacks you're not crazy about, and why, Chris? Okay, I'll say it. Aaron Rodgers this week. I mean, he's only averaged 13 points per game the last two before his bye, and he's only had one total touchdown in those two games. This week he faces the top-rated pass defense in the NFL on the road in San Francisco. They get pressure. He hasn't fared well with pressure. Three of his four road games this year, under 15 fantasy points. And with a healthy run game here, I'd be very cautious with our expectations for A.A. Rod. And then a guy who a lot of people are down on right now is Jared Goff. You mentioned kind of some reasons earlier with his receiving crew. The overall stats show that the Ravens are a bottom third pass defense, but they have been a totally different team since getting Marcus Peters from these Rams uh, six weeks ago or so. Goff has produced under 10 fantasy points, three of his last five also, iffy wide receivers. And Baltimore has held quarterbacks under 20 fantasy points for seven straight games, averaging 15 points per game in that stretch. No way to, I'm playing golf this week. Yep, yep. Not even in my top 15. My, not, my, might not even be in my top 20 this week. All right, how about a couple of running backs you like and why? I like Darius Geist to have his breakout this week. I know he split time with AD last week, but the Skins have nothing to gain by saving the youngster and riding the vet. I think the training wheels come off this week with a soft opponent, allowing the most fantasy points per game to running backs in the Lions and the most receiving fantasy points to running backs as well. So that's good to know for, for Geist. Even in a split, I think he's going to do well in PPR leagues and could have his breakout game here. Good chance to use him to protect Haskins as well. And then I kind of like Latavius Murray this week. Um, I, I know Kamara's back, uh, but even looking at the box score, Murray still got 12 touches last week, so he's not a total afterthought in New Orleans. Carolina has allowed far and away the most rushing scores to running backs and have actually allowed, actually allowed six touchdowns to backup running backs already this year. Interesting stat there. Uh, the backup running back from New Orleans has outperformed the lead back in four straight games versus Carolina, too. Really kind of weird the way things have worked out. So I think he's a, a decent flex play if you need him for sure. Okay, a couple of guys I like this week. Uh, no one should be surprised by what Matt Patricia did in Detroit uh, this past week because he comes from the Bill Belichick coaching tree. And Bill Belichick, uh, at one point, uh, in fact, I can't remember the guy's name, but pulled him off the practice squad, made him a starter due to injuries and such, and he produced, had a big game, actually made the cover of Sports Illustrated, and then like three weeks later was cut. Uh, I don't know if you remember his. You, yeah, yeah, there you go. Uh, <laughs> and uh, guess what? Bo Scarborough is that guy in Detroit. Uh, yeah, he's a Bama boy, and I'm very familiar with him. He's very good running back, but he's not as good as Tony Pollard. That's why when Dallas uh, drafted him, they ended up cutting him. He's drafted in the seventh round, and uh, the, the Detroit Lions signed him, put him on the practice squad, and then, of course, the injuries happened. Paul Perkins wasn't getting it done, so they made the switch and very quietly installed Bo Scarborough as their starter last week against Dallas. And guess what happens? He runs for a score. He only got 55 yards rushing. He doesn't catch many passes, but in a non-PPR game, uh, a non-PPR league, uh, this is fantasy gold because I think he's playing the Redskins this week. I think for sure he's going to start again. He's probably going to get close to 100 yards in this game, if not more, and score against the Redskins. It's just a seed of the defense there. Anyway, uh, so if you need Scarborough, uh, don't hesitate to pick him up. And then Philip Lindsay, I just mentioned this. Well, the Bills have given up nine TDs to opposing running backs. There's not much 
much of the yardage, but they give up the touchdowns there. So I think Flinzy's going to get off the schneid and score this week. So start them with confidence. Um, a couple of guys I'm not crazy about this week. Joe Mixon, he's really uh, rebounded three straight games of 17 PPR points, but he gets the Pittsburgh Steelers this week. And back in uh, week four against them, he only ran for 62 yards and no scores. Uh, you know, in fact, he uh, only has one rushing score in the season. So I'd be careful about Mixon. You're probably going to start him because you need to, but don't expect much there. And Todd Gurley, you got to temper your expectations against the Ravens this week. Uh, you know, run, run, run with Gurley last week. Uh, I don't know if that knee's holding up. You know, he looked pretty good, but he's just not as fast as he used to be. Uh, They might limit him. They might more timeshare with Malcolm Brown. I think there's going to be more passing in that game because the Rams are going to have to pass. So to temper your expectations with Todd Gurley. How about a couple of running backs you're not crazy about and why, Chris? You mentioned Josh Jacobs Jacobs earlier. I think he's a caution play, but a must start. The Jets have only allowed 60 rushing yards per game the last four weeks, including a – severe limitation on Leonard Fournette and Saquon Barkley, two pretty good runners, and they've been reasonably stout all year. Only Zeke's Cowboys have topped 85 yards as a team versus the Jets all season, and since they have a weak secondary, like you talked about earlier, I think it's going to be a rare low-volume game for Jacobs in the run game, and then I'm a little worried about Carlos Hyde, even though he's having a great year. Um, The Colts are very quietly having a great year versus fantasy running backs, been very good recently, especially stout up the middle where Hyde likes to run. They've only allowed three rushing touchdowns all season and only one since week two, and no 100-yard rusher in 28 straight. They have a lot of fair amount of receiving to running backs, and that usually is to the quicker guys like Duke Johnson. So I also think Hyde was only held uh, something like 30, 35 yards uh, a month ago against this team, and I think this is shaping up to be an aerial day for the Texans' offense. Okay, how about a couple of wide receivers you like and why? A little bit of a hunch here, but I like Josh Gordon this week for Seattle. Um, I like the fact he played a lot of snaps right out of the bat after joining the team. And with Lockett's injury, he could be in line for some more snaps and targets, um, even though I think Lockett's expected to play, like we said earlier. Looking at the opponent, Philadelphia has been far more susceptible to the downfield threats rather than the technicians and the slot guys like Lockett. So I think there's a chance for some big plays here. He's a risky play, but I think he's a flex with some great upside, especially if Lockett does not show himself to be 100% as the week progresses. And then I'm going to go with Jamison Crowder. I've been, I've been waiting for Robbie Anderson to, to break out in this great schedule with Arnold, with Darnold, but he's clearly leaning on Crowder. Three straight weeks with 75-plus yards and a touchdown in each week. A real soft secondary opponent makes him a must-start. Not only have the Raiders been killed by wide receivers, but they've been killed by the top receiver for each team every, every time they play. Crowder's averaging seven receptions per game at home also, so I think this sets up for another good high-volume opportunity in PPR leagues especially. Okay, a couple of wide receivers I like. Well, I'm going to give you a bonus one. Uh, D.K. Metcalf, for the same reason that you said earlier, that Lockett might not play. Josh Gordon is kind of limited in what he knows about the offense. D.K. is the big play guy, and I think he's going to make a big play there. So, in fact, I'm starting him in in one of my FFPC uh, playoff games. Uh, Two other guys, Tyrell Williams, Oakland. They're going to have to throw it against the Jets there. I think he's going to catch more than four passes and score in this game. And OBJ is finally a click. Yes, he scored once this year. Way back in week two against the Jets, I can't believe it. Almost scored last week, ruled down at the one. But uh, he's finally a click against the Dolphins. So, you know, if you got OBJ, you can start him, and you can actually smile this week because I think he's going to produce and score for you this week. A couple of guys I'm really worried about, uh, Mari Cooper, not 100%. Mr. Stephon Gilmore there, caution play. I know you're probably going to start him if he starts and all, but you've got to temper your expectations there. And Darius Slayton for the Giants, I love the guy long term, but not against the Bears, especially if Sterling Shepard's back in there. I think he's going to see limited targets, and that never pans out for fantasy there. Uh, how about a couple of wide receivers you're not crazy about and why, Chris? 
Not crazy about Marquise Brown. The, the, the Ravens' top guy has been held under 10 PPR points more times than not, and three of his four double-digit PPR games have come against bottom five pass defenses. This week he's going to be relying on getting a big play facing Jalen Ramsey. So don't hold your breath for volume or success this week. Only Julio Jones is top 12 PPR points in this matchup, so he ain't Julio Jones. And then I don't like Julian Edelman this week. Uh, very few players have been effective fantasy scorers at wide receiver versus Dallas so far. And a few, and very few have had decent volume to be PPR possibilities either. The Cowboys have allowed the fewest wide receiver receptions and among the fewest touchdowns. So a guy like Edelman, who's dependent on volume, is likely to suffer. The only wide receiver to top 100 yards versus Dallas this year did so by having a 95-yard touchdown. Edelman's not going to get that kind of play either. Okay, and that was Mr. Robbie Anderson, wasn't it? Yes, it was. <laughs> yep. Okay, how about a couple of tight ends you like and why? How are we going to do the tight end clicks without having someone to face Arizona? I'll have to come up with one here. Uh, hopefully you, get, you <laughs> listened to me last week and you, and you picked up Ross Dwelly and started him, scored twice, had a third call back on a penalty. I think Kittle is still iffy to start this week, and Dwelly again gets a solid opponent with Green Bay allowing the fourth most tight end fantasy points. The pack has allowed 85 yards or a score to a tight end for four straight games and 11 tight end targets per game over that stretch. So Dwelly is a decent bet, even if a gimpy Kittle is active. And I kind of like Tyler Eifert this week, the old man. Speaking of gimpies, uh, the Bengals are likely to trail and thus throw a bunch. So I think those short dump routes to a slow guy like Eifert make a lot of sense, especially with the pass-rushing linebacks not covering the tight end well. Pittsburgh allows the fifth-most points and the third-most touchdowns to tight ends so far. And I think the injury to Tate now removes three of the top four receivers from, from the Bengals lineup, so the t- tight end could be a much bigger factor out of desperation this week. Good bye week filling with touchdown potential. Okay, a couple of tight ends I like this week. Ryan Griffin, uh, no Chris Herndon, and he just coming off a game where he scored. And guess what? They're facing the Raiders. Have scored and allowed seven touchdowns to the tight end in 2019. So start Ryan Griffin if you need him. And something tells me Vance McDonald is going to score against the Bengals this week only because they're probably not going to be Juju Smith-Schuster and maybe Deontay Johnson, James Washington. They've got to throw to somebody, right? So I think that Mason Rudolph is going to target uh, Vance McDonald more. I think he's going to do it in the red zone. He's going to score in this game. So start him if you need him. A couple guys I'm worried about, uh, Jimmy Graham, just not crazy about <laughs> who he is anymore. The 49ers are also very stingy against a tight end. I just don't see very much, uh, you know, maybe a two for 20 or something. And then Jason Witten, uh, not against the Patriots this week. So, you know, sit him. Uh, he's, he's not playing the Giants, people, so <laughs> Bench them. Anyway, uh, how about a couple of tight ends you're not crazy about this week, Chris? A couple of guys who have been hot but had tough matchups. I'll start with Noah Fant. The Bills allow the fewest receptions, second fewest points and yards, and only one touchdown to a tight end so far. Hard to get excited when they've only allowed three guys over 22 yards in 10 weeks. Uh, and then Jared Cook. Another guy who's been hot, four straight 10-plus point games, touchdowns in three of his four games. The Panthers are very good at limiting the tight end and very poor at stopping the run and allowing rushing touchdowns, so I don't expect Cook to get volume or red zone looks this week like he has been. Okay, how about one-hit wonders at kicker and defense? Hit me with them. Uh, rookie Austin Siebert, I know he missed his first two kicks of his career last week, but I think he rebounds against the easiest team to score against as a kicker uh, in, in Miami there. And I like Young Ho Koo. I love saying his name, Young Ho Koo. <laughs> two huge <laughs> games since stepping in in Atlanta. He faces Tampa, who allows the most field goal attempts and points per game to kickers. A couple of defense I like. These are a little hard to come by. There's not a lot of uh, questionable defense with good matchups. I like Jacksonville on the road at Tennessee. Jacksonville has the most sacks. Tennessee allows the most sacks. Good matchup there. And then I kind of like uh, a struggling Detroit defense at Washington. 
they they do allow the uh, the most sacks since Haskins took over uh, uh, six weeks ago or so, and Detroit forces the most fumbles, which a rookie quarterback is prone to. So that might be a good opportunity to get some fantasy points, even if they give up a lot. Okay. Well, uh, we're running a little late, but we're still on time here. Uh, We want to thank everyone for joining us. For Chris Rito, this is Michael Nazarek. See you all next week when we preview week 13. We're getting close, baby. Oh, by the way, happy Thanksgiving. I know we're going to talk to you next week, but uh, the holidays are here. Uh, get get joyous. You know, there's lots of good stuff going on in the world and everything. Anyway, good night and good luck this week. You've been listening to the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge with your host, Michael Nazarek, the definitive fantasy football information and advice show. Join us next time on Blog Talk Radio. Until then, remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second.